You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Thank you guys for listening in today. For most people, not everybody of course, but most people, the deer seasons are over now and it's time to start thinking about you know, scouting for next year. And really what I want to dive into in a little bit more detail in this podcast is trying to plan your postseason scouting so that you can be most effective and learn the most that you possibly can and not be scouting during times where it's just not going to be effective for you. So what I'll do is I'll go kind of habitat type by habitat type and just talk about not only when maybe the best times to scout are, if you have to be particular and, and only go certain times, but then also take it in context of what specifically I'm trying to really learn for that particular habitat type. As most of you know, I've been using Onyx for several years for e-scouting and waypoint management. In the field or at home, I can browse aerials and topos, map my routes, draw lines and waypoints, color code points of interest, geotag photos of rubs, or even what a specific tree I intend on hunting looks like, so that I can find it in the dark, say for example. Furthermore, I can download maps for offline use, and of course browse public and private land boundaries. Use the code DIY for a discount on an Onyx Hunt membership. I've come to really love in-season scouting and even scouting right after, let's say I filled a tag or right at the tail end of a trip or right at the tail end of a season when you're still right in that main time frame and you still have all that fresh sign around you. And even if you're done hunting, it's a really good time to go ahead and start gathering that intel that'll help you for the next year. But of course, the biggest challenges with that are if you're on, say, an out-of-state trip, you might not have the luxury of an extra day to just scout on the tail end of a trip. You might have other people in the woods and you're kind of concerned about, you know, affecting or screwing up their hunts. So it's not always, you know, as feasible as you would like it to be. If I do that kind of scouting, I'm always trying to verify, you know, are there other guys still out here trying to fill their tags? Is there anybody out here today? Any trucks? Before I actually go out, you know, and, and make a really big scouting loop while that season is still open. But Let's assume that we're now in this time frame where most of the deer seasons have shut down and at least here in the upper Midwest, there's snow everywhere, there's ice. Most of the guys are out ice fishing rather than doing something in the woods. And so does it make more sense to start scouting now or is it better to wait to kind of that uh, more typical springtime scouting where you have just your ideal set of conditions where you might have no snow cover, but maybe the ice is still on, all the sign is exposed. So I think it varies for certain habitat types. That's definitely the best time to scout and you're going to have probably more success or, or at least be more efficient waiting until that time, rather than trying to scout now and just, you know, kind of burning up the amount of hours that you have 
in an ideal world, of course, you're out there every weekend, dark to dark, just putting on miles. But most guys' situations are, are not that. You know, they have other family commitments and this, that, and the other chores they're trying to get done. Myself, for example, in order to make sure I maximize my time scouting this spring, over the last couple of weeks, I've really just been hammering out a lot of the chores around the house, um, you know, doing ceiling work, organizing, redoing my little studio here in the basement so that I can start to film videos down here instead of always in the garage. A lot of little tasks like that, that once we can get these things all ironed out, then it's pretty much a clean slate and I'm much more free to do, you know, what I want with my time on the weekends or even after work, once the day starting to get, once the day start to get longer. And so because of that, and because I'm here in the upper Midwest, I'm choosing to not spend a lot of time in the woods right now in favor of spending more later. And so let's talk about the first habitat type to try and explain more why. And the first habitat type I want to cover is marsh type terrain, cattail marshes, wire grass, that sort of thing where you have the Oak islands and you have some of these main, you know, bigger lands, you have some of the brushy islands. It's really easy to look at an aerial photo and try and decipher where deer might be bedding, might be feeding. You can even zoom in and see a lot of the deer trails, that type of habitat. I've been doing some type of hunting in marsh terrain for, you know, going on a little over 15 years now. And I've definitely scouted it at winter, early spring, late spring, summer, basically any time of the year you could scout it. And what tends to be the case, and maybe this is not the case everywhere in all marshes across the country, but it certainly seems like here in the upper Midwest is that you have definitely your transitions of deer movement throughout the season. Early season, they're doing something a little bit different than they might be doing mid-season. Once the gun seasons come in, pressure really starts to drive where those deer will hold up in. And ultimately, that pressure will help drive where the deer are at the end of the season when the snow starts hitting. And once the snow is there and the deer are in, you know, kind of their, their hold up areas, and then maybe they're only feeding on whatever's keeping them going throughout the winter until it starts to, the snow starts to melt, things start to green up again. They're very oftentimes in a slightly different area than they would be during the season. And so a lot of times I'll scout these marshes and if there's snow on the ground, even a couple inches, a lot of the sign from the previous fall is still hidden. And I might be able to even walk into an area that looks like it just has a, a primo looking bedding point on it. And I'll walk up to it and I might see little rubs uh, where the bed should be, kind of a flat area where the bed should be, but you just cannot, there's no sign anywhere. There's no tracks. There's no depressions from where deer had bedded there recently. You get the feeling that, man, this is probably a bed, but it's just tough to confirm versus if the snow wasn't there, then of course you'd be able to make that verification pretty easily. But even if the snow wasn't there, you still look at that and you're saying, well, it's, you know, it's not as fresh as it would have been, let's say early in the season, but you still start to put the pieces together. And so in marsh type habitat, unless I'm really just trying to get a feel for what the lay of the land is, then I'd rather wait until there's no snow. And I would much prefer obviously to make sure that the ice is still on because walking through marshes when there's no ice is not nearly as fun. It takes you a lot longer. It's not as efficient. And with that habitat type, because it's so easy to pick apart, relatively speaking, other habitat types on aerial photos, I don't necessarily feel like I need to get boots on the ground to get the lay of the land as much. I can get a pretty good idea of the lay of the land just by looking at the maps. 
So really what I'm trying to learn in marsh country is the fine details. I want to see, is there hunter sign? Is there a scent wick on the ground from last November that would have been covered up in snow if I would, were to scout it now? I want to find where there's, you know, big primary scrape areas or just any scrapes in general. I want to be able to see hair in the beds. Uh, so really in that habitat type, for the details that I'm trying to find, it's just really preferable to not have snow on the ground and to have the basically wet areas still frozen. And that's why with that habitat type, you oftentimes hear people talking about early spring scouting because that, you know, I mean, that's the time frame where it really is the best. And if you're able to get out there, you know, during late green up, you can still get some, you know, valuable intel. It's just a little bit harder uh, to generally tell if you get out there after the ice melts again, you can still kind of get what you're, you're trying to get at. It's just going to be a little bit more work. And sometimes that magic window is pretty short. If you have a lot of snow in a given year and it comes to, you know, that late February, March timeframe, and you start to get that nice warm up. Sometimes that snow can melt and the ice melts or becomes unwalkable really shortly thereafter. And you might only have, let's say if you're a weekend guy, you might have one solid weekend where you had that ideal set of conditions and you got to make sure you're out there scouting during that time because you might not be able to walk on that ice the following weekend. Now, if you're trying to find what could be good late season hunting, then of course, get out there right now. I mean, the snow is going to be a huge aid for you then to be able to see where those deer are being pushed to after the pressure of all the various hunting seasons, then certainly right after the season is over, getting back out there and following some of those tracks and seeing where they're going, seeing where they actually bed this time of the year can be pretty valuable. But if I'm strictly scouting it for the next early season, the next, you know, rut, then it's just not quite as valuable to get that intel right now. I can get the same intel that I'm really looking for once the snow melts. And of course, any time of the year, you can be able to find and identify let's say bur oak trees, white oak trees, red oak trees, and some of those food sources that might be really hot early September, you can go ahead and mark them, but you're not going to know until really, you know, close to that following season, which trees and just how, kind of how heavy the acorn crop is going to be. Let's jump into the next habitat type, which is river bottom. And because there's water involved, there's going to be some similarities with how I ideally would like to treat river bottom versus marsh. And also the time of year that you're planning on hunting, it makes a big difference too. So if it's a rut type of a hunt, then I, I personally feel like river bottom is one of those habitat types that's a little bit easier again to look at the map and figure out where the pinch points are. They're a little bit more obvious. A lot of times you can be able to decipher different you know, types of tree, different you know, thick versus open areas, transition lines, a little bit easier than in certain other types of habitat. So and if I weren't able to scout it at all, I feel like I could go and blind a river bottom type of a hunt and figure out what I need to hunt on the fly pretty easily. For earlier seasons, like let's say when we go out to North Dakota and we're hunting some of the river bottoms there, you know, a lot of those real early season summer type beds might shift and might be different than they are in the middle of the season. And a lot of them are in grassier type areas. And once you get later into the season, some of the, that grass starts to lay down. It becomes a little bit harder to see where those beds uh, were in the early season. So to a certain extent, if I was going to plan an early season, summer pattern, river bottom type hunt, then really what my you know ultimate preference would be is to scout on the tail end of a trip, right? You have an early season trip and then afterwards you spend some time getting to learn that area exactly how it looks like that point in time. And when you go back and scout it 
later in the winter or earlier in the spring, or even as summer is starting to get into swing, then you're going to be able to get some amount of intel. I, I think the pinch points are already pretty obvious beforehand, but in terms of where the betting might be, you know, oxbows and things that you can pick apart on the map from a transition line perspective, or just looking at this area looks brushier versus this area just looks like large canopy, you know, more mature trees. You can go into those areas in that early spring time frame and go and just kind of confirm, find trees to set up. And I think there's, there's still a lot of value to be had there. The biggest thing to keep in mind, and this is going to depend heavily on the river system is the whole flooding situation. We have rivers in the twin cities here that flood almost every year. And when you go into that area, let's say right after everything starts to melt in the spring where you have no snow, but also the ice is melted, the water's moving, the water levels throughout the spring can rise really high. And in some cases they basically flood out the entire, uh, well, I guess they, there's a reason they call it the floodplain, right? The whole area on several hundred yards, either side of the river could be underwater. And of course, if that's the case, then you're really not going to get a whole bunch of value there other than maybe learning some particular high ground spots the deer might congregate to if you see a high water type of situation later in the fall. So there could be some value there, but I would definitely prefer if it's, if you're planning for either a rut hunt or an early season type of a hunt, then the best information is going to be found in the season or just looking at, uh, online photos. Let's talk about hill country next. Now with hill country, you start to expand a little bit. It's not, there's not a whole lot of water. You don't have to take that into consideration quite as much in terms of like when the ice is melted or not melted, you don't have to worry about flooding as much. So certainly I think you can expand the timing here and gain some information at various times kind of throughout the winter and spring. While you can generally get a pretty good idea of pinch points and how deer might travel on a topo map, depending on how steep the hills are, it might not be concrete in terms of the small scale. If you're looking at like a LIDAR map with one foot contours, then you're going to get maybe a, a little bit better idea yet. But really, once you get boots on the ground, you might be able to find exactly how deer are trans or, uh, traversing through a particular area, exactly where the creek crossing is, the ditch crossing, exactly how they're coming up a po uh, around like a little deadfall or something on the top end of a ravine. So I think winter time, even when there's snow on the ground, you can still get some information there because, well, of course you'll learn information for how and where deer are moving in the late season. If you want to do a late season hunt there, but you're also going to be able to look and see much more obviously how the deer are using some of those areas. And in steeper areas, it seems like even without snow, some of those trails and some of those crossings are so worn into the ground over years and years of use that you really don't need the extra snow, but certainly if the snow is there, it's just going to make it more obvious. The biggest challenge with scouting hill country, if there's still snow on the ground, in my opinion, is just that it makes it a little bit harder to actually climb up and down the hills. Uh, you need a little bit better traction. If that ground is frozen, you got a little snow on the top, it can really make, make things slick, make it, you know, tough to, to climb up some of those steeper hills to the point where you, you know, you're needing to grab little saplings to help pull you up and and that sort of thing, which is not as ideal. So my preference still is just to wait until the snow is melted. But as soon as that happens, I mean, you can start scouting hill country right away. A lot of those beds, especially in the really steep hills are very worn into the dirt. You're going to be able to find them right away. 
You're going to be able to see that historical rot sign. You're going to be able to go to those areas that look like they might be pinch points on aerial photos and go ahead and not only confirm if they are there, which oftentimes they are, but more specifically within the context of that terrain, where is the best spot and where's the best tree to take advantage of that one particular spot. You can learn and kind of figure out how the thermals are working there, figure out if you need access from down low, access uh, from up high. There's a lot of information you can get right away in terms of how you're going to hunt that hill country. You can identify the oak trees, white oaks versus red oaks, etc. And if you're really looking to plan a rut hunt in hill country, which I think is pretty popular, I think more people, unless they live in and around hill country, if they're going to, let's say, take a trip to hunt an area that has hills, most guys are going to be planning that trip around the rut. And pinch points and subsequent bedding is going to be a a large uh, piece of that puzzle. And so you can get that information, you know, February, March, whenever. And I would also argue that even more so than some of those other habitat types that I talked about earlier, once the green up starts to happen, you can still get valuable intel there even throughout the summer. I mean, there's a place in Wisconsin, uh, close to some of the border areas where I was scouting hill and bluff country there in, I believe July. And even though everything's green, you can still go to some of those key areas and again, decipher right where the beds are, decipher right where some of those best possible habitat funnels are, best possible terrain funnels, ditch crossings, bluffs, gaps in the bluffs, determine how the the thermals are going to work in a certain area. I think that hill country in general is very forgiving of a habitat type once you have conditions that allow you to walk pretty easily. Now, if you're going to be doing an early season hunt, then again, part of that puzzle is going to come down to not only where the, the deer are bedding, but also the most valuable food sources at whatever time you're going to hunt, which oak trees are loaded up with acorns, which, uh, crop fields nearby are getting the most, um, attention. And so that part of it, you're not going to be able to figure out, I don't think super easily in some of this whole winter through early summer timeframe, more so once you get closer and closer to the season and you start glassing crop fields, you start using your, your trail cameras and figuring out that information, looking at tracks and the edges of fields, but you can get a lot of that early stuff done pretty much whenever you got a pretty wide window much more so than say that swamp or marsh country where you got that really narrow window that might even be a weekend or two to, for the most optimal conditions. Next, let's talk about big woods. And when I talk about big woods here, I want to make a differentiation because a lot of people hunt what they consider big woods. And I would consider big woods too, that is more hilly type country. It's just a lot of hills without the agriculture, without the, the broken up crop fields, etc. And what I want to, I guess, be more specific on when I'm talking about big woods here in this context is more of the flatter or maybe rolling hill type big woods, not necessarily the steep hills and bluffs, but areas where you got just kind of the mixed habitat with logging and swamps and little creek drainages and various food sources that are just going to include general browse and forbs and oak trees, uh, but not a lot of agriculture, maybe some, but very light and otherwise unbroken, you know, bigger blocks of woods. And so I personally feel like similar to the timing when I talked about the hill country, there's still, I think, a wide window that you can really learn uh, bigger woods type areas. But 
I think that in contrast to the, the hilly country, there's different things you can learn at different times. You know, typically if I'm going again to that hill country type terrain, really what my focus is going to be on is how can I hunt this effectively during the rut, uh, more so than how am I going to hunt this effectively early season, just because I often might be able to find early season, you know, stuff that's a little bit easier to decipher a little bit better and easier to isolate than the hilly country might be with all of the spread out acorns everywhere. Uh, and with the big woods, it's like if I scout at this time of year when there's still, you know, everything's frozen, there is still a lot of snow on the ground. I'd prefer to, I guess, wait until there's a little bit less snow on the ground, uh, just because it's easier walking. I want to cover a lot of ground, but even with some snow on the ground, I'm able to figure out again, how those deer are moving and which pinch points they might be using. You know, if I, even if they're, they're shifted a little bit based on whatever food sources they're using right now, I've still found that a lot of these areas, you'll still get deer using similar type of areas, or at least wandering through those type of areas. And as they sort of wander and look for food, you're going to find that very commonly they'll, they'll travel the land in a certain way. And you can start to look at the big picture and find some commonalities. And oftentimes those things that you learn, even at a different time of the season, if it, even if it's not as strong, you can still kind of learn from and take advantage of those things because they'll do They'll navigate through those same areas. Similarly, oftentimes during the, the rest of the season, uh, during early fall and, and even into mid late fall. And really it's just the, the pressure and the availability of food. That's, it's, you know, seems to be the biggest drivers in terms of how they're going to shift throughout that landscape. But with that said, if there's still snow on the ground, then primarily what I'm going to learn is how to hunt it during late season. So if I want to learn the most I possibly can about how to hunt it effectively in, I guess what would be my favorite time to hunt it, which would be mid October through early November. Then ideally I want to wait till the snow melts because at least in a lot of the areas that I've scouted and hunted recently in Northern Wisconsin, knowing where some of those scrapes are and those scrape lines, they, they seem to have a heavy correlation with how the deer traverse those areas in that pre rut to rut time frame. And so if I can find the scrapes, that gives me a, a big you know, piece of the picture rubs, of course, too, and you don't need a lack of snow to find rubs. But if I'm able to see not only the rubs, but also the, you know, kicked up leaves from last fall a little bit, uh, most of it's flattened down by the melted snow, but also how the deer are traversing some of those, you know, swamp edges or some of those light Hills and laying down some of those scrapes and looking at the scrape lines on a big picture after I've gone ahead and marked everything that really gives me a large piece of the puzzle. And I might find sheds while I'm doing that. I might find sheds in bedding areas or just on some of those trails, but really I'm learning again, how the deer are moving through that area during that rut time frame. It might not help a ton for early season, but you can of course still find beds and you can find oak trees. They might be a little bit more spread out. At least some of the areas that I've been scouting, there's definitely a lot of oaks in certain areas and there's also logging that goes on and early in the season in some of those clear cut type areas, you got a lot of natural browse and forbs that those deer can feed on. And so that type of thing, you can not necessarily always get from aerial photos because the aerial photos might be outdated, but you can drive around and figure out where those areas are going to be in terms of the, the clear cuts. But the the oak trees, if they're really spread out, that can make early season a little bit tougher. 
similar to how early season can be tougher in hill country because there's such an abundance oftentimes of acorns unless you have a lighter acorn crop that year. But really, I think where a lot of the really big potential, a lot of the information you can learn in, in some of these bigger woods areas, I mean, at least what it's seeming like so far is in this postseason scouting, you can really just try and cover as much ground as possible and just build the library and just keep building it and keep building it and keep learning more and more types of areas, walking more and more ground so that when it comes to the season, when you're actually able to do some in-season scouting and you're able to find fresher sign, then you're able to look back and say, okay, I've already scouted this area. Generally, I know if a deer is using this particular spot where he might be potentially bedding, uh, what the, the food sources might be right now and, and how to use that information appropriately. Whereas if you're just kind of going in blind, you find that good, fresh sign, you know, certainly a piece of the puzzle and you're able to start making moves to try and capitalize that capitalize on that. But you still, I mean, you, you'll learn as you go. Whereas if you have already uh, scouted that in the postseason, you know, the lay of the land, then you take the lay of the land that you already know, combine that with the intel that you gather in season, the science on the ground. And I just think that makes an overall much more complete set of information for you to be able to make a game plan off of. And I think I've mentioned this before, but in the area where I killed my buck in Wisconsin this year, that was a place. And I mean, that specific, like general location that the specifics of where I made the shot, there was an area I hadn't walked before. Before that day, I never stepped foot on that particular trail on that little ridge, seen that scrape, uh, or any of that sign. It was all just fresh information from that day and it ended up working out. But if I had been able to scout that ahead of time, I would have already known about that particular area, how the deer were likely moving through it. And I would have known already that there was a tree up above that scrape, uh, that I ended up, you know, two, two deer that particular day walked past. I would have known that I could have been up in that tree, just sitting and waiting. And it would have been a much better ambush, ambush position than sitting on the ground would have been. And so when I look at how I'm going to scout that same property and property similar to it this year, it's just going to be about trying to, you know, not necessarily grid out because there's enough diversity. I feel like where you don't necessarily have to just straight grid it. You can still look at where the transition lines are going to be and use those as a primary focus, but just cover as many of them possibly as I can and just kind of learn how the deer tend to move throughout those areas. And then once I have that place all marked up, I can go back and just kind of spot check areas and, and see where sign is hopefully opening up and be able to capitalize on it that way. At least that's the, that's the plan. That's the strategy. And a lot of the, the big woods hunters that I follow and talk to, because I definitely wouldn't consider myself an expert. I had success this year, uh, but you know, this is hopefully just the beginning of a much longer learning experience, you know, go back and listen to the podcast with, with Paul Pitera that we posted a, a few episodes ago to get even more information if you had already about big woods hunting, but that seems to be a very common theme, covering a lot of ground, learning a lot of areas, and then just always being, you know, kind of hypermobile to be able to locate and find the deer that you want to be able to hunt and then go ahead and use that existing knowledge to make a game plan. The last habitat type here is one that I don't have as much experience with, but I just want to cover it quickly to, to say what I, 
you know, presume is likely the most effective strategy here. And that's farm country, you know, flatter farm country that isn't also tied into, let's say, hill country, because a lot of the hill country that's public land does have cropland, you know, pretty close in and around it. I'm really more so just kind of talking about the flatter farm country where you just got farm after farm after farm and little woodlots, what I would do for that. And this is basically just, you know, really gaining off of the information that like say Dan Infall shared about this type of uh, land, just grid it out. Oftentimes the land and the properties aren't as big. So you just grid out every little fence row, every little ditch, every little pothole, every woodlot, and just find as much as you can. And in terms of timing, I think it makes the most sense here, just like with the marsh habitat to do it after the snow melts, but before you have a lot of that other green up, it's not going to matter probably so much that you don't have ice. If there's not a lot of water or little ponds and things like that, but that's going to give you the greatest visibility, especially in areas that might have thicker, you know, hedgerows and stuff to be able to see through some of that cover and be able to pick up on sign and rubs and beds that otherwise might be obscured by just a, you know, a wall of green if you waited till later in the year. So I would, you know, preferably take a weekend, get out, learn the the place, you know, front and back, and then have all that intel just ready to go. And then from there, just, you know, kind of sit back and try and get additional information throughout the summer via glassing or trail cameras, or just walking field edges and, and looking for, for tracks and things like that. So lastly, let's just talk about, you know, summarizing this whole thing and I'll, I'll just go over, you know, what my strategy is for this spring in terms of timing, when I'm going to scout certain types of land, when, because at least at this you know point in the time when I'm looking at my season upcoming, there's going to be certain times where I'm going to be hunting hill country, big woods and river bottom and maybe marsh. I might not hunt as much marsh this year as I have in years past, but I'll just kind of explain how the flow is going to be. So between now and when the snow melts, and it's obviously going to be dependent on what state it is, but between now and when the snow melts, anything I'm going to do is just going to be big woods, trying to learn again how deer navigating that terrain, and also learning information for late season and subsequent years. Now, once the snow starts melting, then my initial shift is going to shift over to the river bottom type stuff. And this is mostly going to be out of state river bottom land where I'm focusing on it either early in the season or during the rut. So I'll have these places, you know, ready to go in terms of having spots pre-marked on the map and basically just try and take one weekend per area and go through and just mark everything that I would need, not only from an early season perspective, what trees potentially based on the bedding that I do find there, but also during the rot, which trees are going to be best for some of those pinch points that again, look pretty obvious on the map, but trying to figure out exactly what tree to go in so that by the time I get there, everything's all set and done. I could spend most of my time uh, hunting some of those pinch points between bedding areas. And so the key thing there is of course, getting in early so that I'm able to see a lot of things. I'm able to not have the, the wall of green get in the way. I'm able to utilize some of those rivers for travel, but not so late that the river levels start to really rise and and create some issues in terms of navigating that terrain. So that's going to be my narrow window stuff. Historically, this would have been the time frame when I would have scouted more cattail marshes, but 
like I said, I'm not going to be hunting probably those as much as I had in years past. So the shift is going to be towards more of the river bottom uh, type stuff. And then once I have those things scouted, like I mentioned, most of those places are out of state. And so really one weekend is, you know, makes sense per area. And beyond that, it's going to be coming back and doing more big woods until turkey hunting. Once turkey season hits, I'm going to plan on combining a lot of the hill country, turkey hunting and deer scouting. And specifically, I'm going to be looking in the hill country type areas for some of those key pinch points and uh, key trees in areas that are going to be good during potentially the rut or pre-rut, looking for adjacent bedding, trying to mark the beds. The more information I can try and find, and a lot of times you just stumble on that stuff anyway while you're turkey hunting, but the thought being, especially as you get into you know, mid to late May, the days are really long. You can spend a lot of time, a lot of daylight hours out in the woods, actually just covering ground. In some of those days, you know, the turkey hunting might be pretty slow. You might just randomly get that gobbler that starts gobbling on his own at, you know, three in the afternoon and just being out in the woods is really the key thing and getting that information and be able to make a play on a bird. So it's kind of a combination, almost scouting with a, with a gun, you get your, you know, primary off the roost gobbling stuff done in the morning. And if that doesn't pan out, then it turns into mostly scouting, you know, carrying a gun, uh, just kind of blind calling every now and then, uh, at least that'll be my, my plan. So it'll be a little bit less focused on just strictly turkey hunting. I'll be strategically only hunting probably turkeys in areas that I would plan on going back to and hunting, uh, for deer during the, the pre-rut or the rut time frame. And then that's going to basically take me through, you know, most of the month of May, I guess, when you, when you think about it all said and done and anything else after that is just going to be, again, probably more big woods, uh, covering ground. Uh, I think certainly the, the bigger woods type areas is requires the most amount of actual time and the, the most amount of miles covered just to get as much information as you possibly can. I feel like with the river bottom, especially it's probably the type of habitat where I feel like I can spend the least amount of time and get the information that I need. Uh, especially if you're in river bottom type areas that's surrounded by cropland and during the rut, once the crops go out, you know, it becomes much more obvious where those deer are going to travel. And if you just still have crops in and it's early season, then again, you're kind of, kind of be limited, limited by what you learn when you show up and what the hot food sources are right then and there, where the deer might be vetting. It might be in a different location in that summer pattern still before they actually go and shift to their more of their fall patterns. So, and then of course, hill country falls kind of right in the middle there. So I hope this uh, strategy was informational uh, for some of the guys that especially are, are trying to learn how to be most efficient with their time and scout some of these areas where it makes the most sense to do so. I imagine that for some people, this might be, you know, somewhat elementary information, uh, but I get a lot of requests uh, specifically for this type of content where people are asking, you know, about their particular habitat type and, and how to be the most effective with the possibly can. So that'll do it for this episode. As always, make sure to follow the Sportsman's Nation on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Leave us a review on iTunes. And if you're looking for additional content, subscribe to DIY Sportsman. And with that, thanks for listening.